Hello everyone, my name is Shane, aka The Beer One. Welcome to what is sure to be a very interesting episode of The Gap, the generic the generic anime podcast. I am your co-host, temporary host for this episode, which we will get into why in a second. Let me introduce our guests first, though. We've got our usual slew of anime boys joining us here once again. First off, let me introduce... Our first reoccurring guest host, Spencer. How are you doing today, Spenso? I am doing absolutely fantastic. It's an honor and a privilege to once again be on this prestigious podcast that gets millions of views. Oh, millions of views. Worldwide. Worldwide. We are a global phenomenon here on The Gap. <laughs> yep. <coughs> oh, boy. And our other guest, once again joining us, reoccurring guest, my son, my 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 child, my my pride and joy, Josh. How are you doing today, son? I'm pretty damn good. I wouldn't say reoccurring, but slightly reoccurring. I mean, you're I on watch, here. You're on here I pretty watch, frequently. I watch whatever I want to watch, and sometimes I don't want to watch the stuff you guys get. Yeah, yeah. you're not. You're not as frequent as me, which I could basically be a third. You could. Ba you're basically just like honorary co-host at this point. Yeah. Yeah, basically. But I just didn't come up with the idea. But uh, welcome to the Gap, the generic anime podcast. As you can see, our usual host Matt Legionrex is not here for this episode. Aww. Sorry, um, I had to kill him. Someone we we had to put him down. It, it was getting to the point where he was just out of control, so we had to put him out of his misery. Listen. He called my waifu trash, so I had to shoot him in the head. He called Wait my waifu second. trash, so I put him in the trash. Matt's not here. You know what that means, right? Oh, It's time for my Matt impressions. Oh, boy. Okay, here we go. Hey, one second. Um, uh -uh. He's got to get into the right mindset for this. It's true. I got it. So I'll do two quotes. One quote that gets me into the Matt set, Matt mindset. And then another quote that that he'd probably say on this podcast today. So here we go, right? Mm -hmm. So the first one is obviously, you know, uh, Guilty Crown is just Ava for stupid people. True, true. And then the other one is, is I can't believe the wasted potential in Darling in the Franks. <laughs> it's just stealing from Evangelion now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. I love you, fun, Matt. Fun times. As soon as he leaves, his show turns into fucking disaster town. He's the glue that holds this entire fucking operation together. Yep. So, Matt's not here uh, because his girlfriend is down from Ohio, so he is spending time with her, so he couldn't make it today. Uh, so, just for this episode, I have been given temporary reigns over the show as the full host. We'll see how that goes. Matt is very uh, meticulous with the uh, format of the show, yes. so I hope that I don't ruin everything, but we'll see. Shala, head shala. Shut the hell up! Matt, haven't you heard the saying, bros before hoes? Say that to his face and see what happens. Haven't I'm you disappointed heard, in you. Haven't you heard the saying podcast before emails? <laughs> Spencer, explain. 
fuck if I know, dude. Actually, you know what? We don't have time for your bullshit, so. We don't. Oh, no! <laughs> I mean, Ooh. I'm just. I'm looking at Nendroids right now, so, you know. I just fucking went onto the random anime list and just plugged in some random bullshit, and I got Attack on Titan. I'm not, sorry. I got Tokyo Ghoul, and I was like, no! Oh. Give, go away! Yeah, but the first season, but okay, let's get started. This is already yes. becoming a train wreck. So, hi, welcome to the Gap. Uh, hi. If you're familiar with our format, we start every episode off with some uh, simulcast discussion, and then from there we go into some news stories. We don't have much to talk about today in terms of news. Uh, only three stories to cover, but it's news nonetheless. And then after that, we will get into our discussion on our featured anime of the show, Attack on Titan, which we're covering two seasons in this episode. It's going to be probably a long one because we got a lot to talk about, but oh, yeah. we'll see how it goes. So, as we do every episode, let's start with some simulcast discussion. Uh, as you guys are aware, the spring season is dying down. Uh, there are a couple shows that are still out there with one or two episodes still airing, but other than that, most of the spring shows have officially wrapped up. We are now transitioning into the summer season. Last episode, we talked about our most anticipated shows for the summer season, and a couple of them have already started airing, um, namely Island and Hanebato at this point have already started airing. So the summer season is well underway. A couple shows from the spring season are still lingering around. So let's talk about what we're watching. Spencer, let's start with you because you okay. had a show you wanted to talk about. Yes, I, I would like to talk about Golden Conway for a minute. Fantastic show, by the way. I'm watching the dub, and I believe it's Ian Sinclair who plays um, Ian Sinclair, Sugimoto, and Monica Rial as the Serpa. Serpa. Okay. Well, Sugimoto continues to be one of my favorite characters. Oh yeah, he's fucking great. Just because, dude. just because I've I've never heard a man be so happy and yell the phrase "I am immortal." Oh yeah. And when it when you're voiced by Ian Sinclair, and you yell that. Mm. Like, the, the, the one thing I love about the show is that the comedic timing is just spot on. I mean, I don't know if, if the bear from the first episode was supposed to be comedic, but it totally was. I don't was think that, that like, was supposed to be played for laughs. Wasn't there just a joke where, like, the bear was done terribly? Oh, the bear was horrible CGI. Oh, the CGI bear was terrible. However, the, the, the joke that probably wasn't supposed to be a joke was Sugimoto's like, I'm gonna go get some firewood. And he puts the firewood down, and it just hard cuts to a bad CGI bear. And it's like, <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, but yeah, Golden Conway dub, very, very good. I can't wait to see where it goes next. Very excited. Yeah, um, um, I watch the sub, so the season's over. I've seen all of it. So what episode are you on? Uh, let me check. Give me a second. Do, while I'm checking that, I'm going to talk about my hero, Ooh, my hero. The dub is on a break um, right now. The dub is on a break. It's, uh, it's now every two weeks. Um, Golden Conway, there we go. Uh, Anyways, um, my hero continues to be, you know, my hero. United States of Smash, I mean, all that shit. We, all, we already talked about that shit. Yeah, we already yeah. talked about that shit. It continues to be amazing. And if you've never watched My Hero... What the kind of fuck are you doing with your there's life? Only like, there's only like 
maybe oh, 50 odd episodes. Also, 50 I'm episodes. on episode eight. I'm on episode eight. You're on episode. Oh, okay. Oh, you're getting to the best. You're getting to the good shit. Mm -hmm. If you thought this um, shit was the good shit, just wait for. I think it's episode nine or ten where. Mm, oh, it's good. Yeah. Incredibly good. Um, and lastly, I I think. Let me check. I'm not 100 sure that it. No, yeah, it is. I finished Magical Girl already. Oh yeah, that that ended a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I finished Magical Girl already. Um, Jesus, that show, man. That show oh, yeah. exists. That show exists. It was show so exists. good. The ending was, it's like Pop Team, where I just say that like a show just like this anime just exists. Yep. And I'm happy it exists. It nice. exists in the ether. Uh, but yeah, those are really the three main ones I've been watching. Okay, oh. let's let's move on to Josh then, because speaking of my hero, Josh has started watching season three. I I listen. I like you guys. I've read the manga. But well, you haven't read the whole me. manga yet, right? No, but I was caught up past what season three will get to. Okay, um, so but anyways, yeah. holy fuck, mm. it's good, mm -hmm. my lord. Mm. Mm! The fight with Deku and Muscular was fucking amazing. Fucking. Although I was actually shit. a little disappointed with one million percent Detroit Smash. And why? I thought it. I thought it could be a little more overplayed. I don't know, so man. See, it was actually it. It was played about about as well as it was in the manga. Like, I don't know. Maybe I was just overexpecting it. It was still fucking awesome. Uh, United States of Smash got a full panel. Oh, yeah, he, ha he has not gotten to that point yet. Yeah, so. I, yeah I have. I've read the... No, no I meant in the, the anime. anime. Oh, um, my favorite line so far is when Kota punched Deku in the balls. <laughs> and then Ida comes and out of nowhere. Like, you can't just go around punching people in the scrotum. scrotum. That's my favorite fucking... Just out of nowhere. It's Ian Sinclair, too. Just You can't go around punching people in the scrotum. Um, Ida is not voiced by Ian Sinclair, thank you. Really? I, he's voiced no, by he's J. Not. Michael Tatum. Yeah, it's oh, yeah, that's right. God damn, they sound a lot alike. They kind of sound similar, depending so, on the yeah. role, but... So, I've watched that, which is one simulcast. Um, I've finished Comic Girls... Which, Which did is, air? It did air last season. It was very cute. Not as cute as the other one I've watched, Eurocamp. It can't stand up to Eurocamp yet because Eurocamp was just flawless. I mean, and that's debatable. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> I think it's fucking perfect. Well, I'm just saying I haven't seen it, so it's oh my god, it's amazing. And then the other simulcast I'm watching, or whatever, is uh, Sword Art Online Alternative. Still watching Gun Gale? Yep, I have two episodes left, but it's been really good so far, man. Like, is that was that, that just was that twelve episodes? Um, or it it was twelve. Yep. Yeah, it was a short one. Okay. It wasn't disappointing. It was actually really good. I've heard very mixed things about uh, Alternative. It's better than Sword Art Online. <laughs> well, that's the general consensus. I think it's a good step in the right direction. Well, seeing as how season three of actual Sword Art Online is coming, you know, hopefully they'll if get they their can, shit together. If they can follow what they've done with Alternative, 
I think it'll be a great step in the direction. Hopefully they get their shit together with that. And while this isn't all all the seasonal stuff, I've watched just a whole bunch of other stuff lately. I finally updated my anime list with 31 entries in total. So yeah, I've watched a lot. Wow. Wow. Uh, I finished Yuri, which is like a top Spencer. I've finished Yuri, which is a pretty awesome slice of life. Life, and I would say that's about it. Okay. Okay. How about you? How about you, pops? What have you been um, watching this season? Well, a lot. Um, like half of the shows I've been watching are already over. Um, so I'm down to like. I think five or six shows that are left over from spring. Um, five or six. Jesus. Let's see. Finished Ore. That was great. Um, this, the Golden Kamui season ended, which was in my top three. It was fucking phenomenal. Um, let's see. Butler's ended, and I talked about this last time on the show when we were doing our awards. It got my guilty pleasure. It went from being stupid bad to just plain bad. Like it, oh. it, it really it ended horribly. It shit the bed. Like, well, okay, it shit the bed when they revealed that literally every character is Everyone a fucking butler. butler. True, true. Oh, but that at, was at that point it, it got guilty pleasure status because I was like, much like Darling at this point, I was like, I I have no investment oh, in this anymore. Nice. I'm just gonna keep watching until to just to see how much stupider it can get. And unfortunately, stupider got worse and it actually it just ended horribly that final episode was fucking awful darling makes me sad oh we're gonna have you seen the new episode oh do you mean gurren logan you've seen 23 hey i I still haven't watched it okay well oh it's so dumb i know everyone's been telling me how stupid it's so fucking dumb it 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 went from anime of, of the season contender, hell, maybe even anime of the year contender. Yeah, anime of the year, because it started off really fucking strong. Anime yeah, of okay, the year contender me. to biggest disappointment of the year contender. Yeah, Yuru Camp's getting anime of the year. Well, mm. wait for My Hero. So. I don't know. Okay. My, it's only My Hero Awards all yeah, over again. We won't, uh, we won't get into uh, detail about Darling, but... Oh, the newest episode. Mmm, fucking dumb. <laughs> like, what, what was the point? Stupid. Of of what was the point of some of these people? I don't know. <laughs> it's, it, oh, oh my god, Gurren Lockin. So do you think it's redeemable? No. No. <laughs> no, there no, is honestly, zero it is, things it is, that can nope. redeem this anime. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not coming back from this. <laughs> It's DOA, dude. It's, it's like, dead at, the, on at the most, the ending can be satisfactory and it could like balance itself out, but I don't think that's gonna happen. At the worst, it can be a clusterfuck of the utmost proportions mm. and one of the most confusing and lackluster endings to an anime. I just can't. I just can't get over the the, the newest episode, dude. Oh like, yeah. Oh my god. Okay, no, no, here's the thing. Up until episode 18, the show's really fucking good. 
it's so fucking it's good. It's so fucking good up until that point, and then as soon as it hits 19, it just shits itself. Like, it's hard. You, do you know babies? Well, for a show that's, uh, that's supposed to be about puberty so like that, these kids really haven't grown up. <laughs> I wouldn't even say, like, they're not even the issue. The issue is everything else everything around else. them. The issue is the side characters. The like, issue is the lack of or over lack of world building. The issue is the, the the complicated lore that makes no fucking sense. It would have. This is one of those animes that would have been better if they just didn't explain anything. Yeah, if they had just kept their mouth shut, it would have been fine. <laughs> and that's just saying when, yeah. something because this yeah. was a show that needed explaining. It needed explanations and world building to have everything make sense. But the shit that they came up with actually made it more confusing. Who wants to hear about aliens? Oh. Okay, we're not... We're yeah, done. We're we've we've talked this. about this to death. We're not going to get into more of this. Um, Man, what else have I been watching? Like I said, like half the shows I was watching last season have already ended. So there's only a few scra scragglers left over. Um... Let's see, Fist of the Blue Sky, which, for some reason, hasn't had an episode in two weeks, even though it's only half over. Weird, but I apparently am the only one watching this show, so who cares? Um, yeah. uh, Legend of the Galactic Heroes is still airing. There's a couple more dub episodes that are uh, still coming out. Hinamatsuri has a couple episodes left over, which mm, I've, I've already talked about it. Hinamatsuri is mm -hmm. fucking gold. Um... And then there's all the shit on Saturday for some reason. There's a lot of shit on Saturday. My hero's still obviously going. Darling's ending. As of as of this recording, there's one episode left, but when this comes out, it'll be officially over. So mm -hmm. who knows how that ends? Uh let us know in the future when we probably watch it and are like, well, this was a waste of time. <laughs> Rip. Um Oh yeah, and then Devil's Line ends next week too. So, I, th that's one I've been keeping up on, and one that I've been consistently enjoying. So I'm, it, I'm interested to see how they'll, how they'll end that. Um, other than that, that's about it for me in terms of simulcast. I'm waiting for the the summer season to really get going before I start watching new stuff. Specifically, Island and Hanebato. I'm waiting for dubcasts for that, and I told myself yeah. I don't care how late they are. I'm sticking to the dub this time. Because that was for Island and Hanebato. Because that was the that was the problem last season. Like, the dub cast started so fucking late. Like, I was gonna watch uh, Golden Conway dubbed, but it started, like, a month after the sub. So I'm like, wow, I'm not waiting a fucking month to catch up on this. And then I just stick to the sub. So I told myself I'm gonna stick the dubs I want to watch. I'm gonna stick with them this season, and we're gonna see how it goes. But other than that, I think that's uh, I think that's a wrap for simulcast discussion. So if you guys are uh, prepared, we can get into some news stories. Ooh. We can get some juicy anime news, which we don't have a lot to talk about today. But the stuff we do have to talk about is pretty uh, pretty big. So let's get started. Uh, are either of you familiar with a little show called uh, Yuri on Ice? I am. Sounds, it sounds stupid. What is that? 
It sounds like it was ridiculously overhyped for the year it came out. Oh, wow. Throwing shade there, Spenso. Uh, that, that's a hot take. That's, a, that's the hottest of takes. Yeah, I fucking hate Yuri on Ice. Well, uh, you'll be interested to find out that uh, there's a Yuri on Ice movie coming out next year. Oh, God, no. Let's and read the article. Actually, yeah, go ahead. Let's read the article. Uh, the Yuri on Concert event revealed in Osaka on Sunday the staff title, 2019 release date, and a teaser visual for the brand new Yuri on Ice film. The Yuri on Ice, the movie Ice Adolescence, will feature the following returning staff. It basically has the same staff as the original anime, same studio, same director, all that stuff. Uh, after surveying the concert audience to see who came from other prefectures and overseas, co-composer Taku Matsushiba also said that the staff hopes to take the concert to Saga Prefecture, prefecture and overseas. Uh, the staff announced the film in April 2017. The staff had teased on Thursday that the event would have a major announcement for the film. So basically, there's a Yuri on Ice movie coming out next year. No word on if it's a sequel film. I assume it is because there's no uh, word on a recap. I mean, Yuri on Ice would work better as a movie than it did in anime, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, so okay, just, so uh, let, let's let's talk about this a little bit because everyone me, here has uh, some conflicting opinions on Yuri on Ice. I, I well, quote. let's start let's start with Shane. I, oh, I I've never seen it. Like... Okay, I've never seen I it, so I don't have an let's opinion. Start... Let's, I have no Let's start with me, because I have... The, wait, what? I'm not watching that shit! Josh doesn't no, like it because then, then Crunchyroll... In that case, your opinion is invalid. I'm the no. only one with an opinion, then. Who fucking cares? I'm still not watching it, ever. Okay, so I've watched the entirety of Yuri on Ice. And while I can see where people come from when they talk about this anime, it is very much you will either love Yuri on Ice, or you will hate Yuri on Ice. There is no in-between. Please tell me you hated it. I don't hate it. I don't love it either. Then that destroys the whole... Yeah. My argument holds up about as well as the Yuri on Ice fan base. If you're a girl, awesome. You get all the yaoi you want. You get some canon yaoi. Fuck it. If you're a boy and you're into figure skating and all like that, awesome. You get a figure skating anime, that's all right for you. Uh, the music's great. The animation's actually really good. Mm -hmm. I just found it to be incredibly overhyped. It's not a godsend to anime. It's not the cowboy bebop of sports animes. It's not some heavenly being that, that, that descended from Japan to bless us. It's an all right anime. It's pretty right, good. Uh... The music's great. But I gave it like a like a seven or eight out of ten. Like pretty good. Okay, Josh, However, explain yourself. You have the floor. Yeah, why do you hate it? Without well, having not watched the episode, why do you hate Dude, it? Fuck it. Do I have to give reason why I hate something? Yes. Yeah, you actually do. You actually do, or else Too you're putting the that was Too fucking bad. Well, there we go. Alright. So Josh hates it for no other reason other than he yeah, just hates on, it. it. Listen, it's on like an instinctual level, man. I see it, and you just like my blood starts boiling. I mean, so he just he just doesn't like it for no reason. Gotcha. Yeah, basically. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, 
moving on. I haven't seen it, so I have no opinion. Uh, I've heard very mixed things about Yuri on Ice, so who knows? Could be good, could be meh. We'll see. Moving on, uh, here's something that uh, all of us enjoy, except Josh, I don't think he watched it. But we got some, uh, we got some news on some more Violet Evergarden. Yes. I was watching by plan on watching it. Oh, it's very it's, good. It's very good. Er- Erica Harlocker does the English voice of... Uh, you mean Erica Harlatcher? I've always pronounced it Harlocker for some reason. Fuck's sake, Spencer. It's, it's dude... Last names I always pronounce phonetically, so I've never pronounced Harlacker. Well, Spencer, you're wrong, and let's get hey, into this. <laughs> she's liked more of my tweets than, you, than yours. I don't tweet at her. Spencer. Well, I don't I have Twitter dipshit. There you go. Well, anyway, let's, you, let's, read the, let's read this article. So, what? it was announced a while ago that there was a new uh, anime project for Violet Evergarden. It's an, It was announced that it had become a movie, a anime movie, and it's apparently opening in January of 2020. Let's read the article. A special event for the Violet Evergarden franchise announced on Sunday that the previously teased new project in process is an all-new anime film that will open in Japan in January 2020. Author Kana Atsuki and illustrator Akiko Takase's Violet Evergarden novel won the grand prize in the 5th Kyoto Animation Award Program's novel category in 2014. The win marked the first time that any work won a grand prize in any of the contents to three categories. Uh, Kyoto Animation's television anime adaptation premiered on television in Japan on January 10th and launched on Netflix in January 11th in some territories including Japan, Canada, the United Kingdom, and the Philippines. The anime launched on Netflix in the United States on April 5th. The anime series' fourth and final home video release will include an extra episode when it ships in Japan on July 4th. So really, no details on what this movie is going to be. I assume it's a sequel, but there's no details other than, hey, it's coming out in January 2020. That's about it. Okay. Dank. I mean, there's really nothing to discuss there because there's no details to work on. There's no details. But, okay. I'm going to ask Spencer, since you are someone who has seen Violet Evergarden, what do you think this movie is going to be? Probably the extended, like, it'll, okay, there's two things it can be. It can either be a full-on, like, prequel, like, super prequel, like, young Violet in the army prequel, or it can be a, like a, which would be like a, kind of like an action kind of drama, or it can be like what it was, what the anime actually is, and, um, it can, uh, be like after the anime where she's like a auto memory doll and she's in it's more about like writing so like that either the one i'd be happy with I, I i would love to see more of uh violet in the army because we got to see a, a little bit of that in the anime and it was very very good yeah so but i would honestly be happy with either one of those movies yeah i just i just hope that it's not a recap movie which oh, I doubt yeah. it will be, but if it is, that's going to be very disappointing. And I, I, I would ask Josh's opinions, but he hasn't seen Violet Evergarden, so... Mm-hmm. Unless you have something to say about Violet Evergarden, Josh. I mean, it's cute animation, and it looks amazing, so... Well, it, it is. 
And take our word for it. We've seen it. It's very good. You would probably it love it. Gorgeous. Probably one of the best looking anime I've seen in my entire life. Not just anime, but just animated show in general. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best looking shows I've ever seen. So more Violet is always a good thing because uh, kind of ended on a cliffhanger. Just a little bit. Just a little tiny little tease of a cliffhanger. But uh, and knowing that film is coming is uh, very good news. And now let's move on to our last story before we get into some of the sales charts. Um, I don't know if you guys heard this. This is a very, very recent story. Um, you guys are aware with Anime Expo, right? Yes. Yes, Anime Expo is running. As of this recording, it airs. Uh, it starts up this week. But once this episode comes out, it'll have already ended. Um, reports came out just yesterday that a man threatened a shooting at Anime Expo. Oh, you're fucking kidding. Let's read this. A man by the name of Alonzo Rodriguez sent at least one threatening text message to a friend, which has since gone public, describing a potential shooting at an anime convention. Screenshots of the text conversation were originally shared on Facebook by recipient Robert Canfee Grubbs, but were then removed by the social media website. Facebook user Karen Hewn then shared the screenshots on June 8th, where it was picked up by other social media accounts and distributed widely. In the text messages, Rodriguez allegedly writes, These cons are due for a high school shooting by a high school kid. I'm working on a case at the moment. Shit, you not. Mmm. Due to the threat and Rodriguez's proximity to California conventions, uh, concerned parties contacted Anime Expo security for the promotion of Japanese animation to bring awareness to the situation. Anime News Network reached out to them for comment. They stated, The Society for the Promotion of Japanese Animation and everyone involved with Anime Expo take all threats of any nature very seriously and will always evaluate them to the proper authorities and others to investigate. When we were made aware of the potential threat implied online, we promptly alerted local law enforcement. They have and will continue to take appropriate actions in accordance with their procedures. Just as in 2017, we are working with security teams and local law enforcement, including canine teams and traffic control officers, to maintain the safety of our event. Additionally, as previously announced, we are utilizing RFID badges for Anime Expo this year and will have security checks at each entrance. We encourage intent... We encourage attendees to check our mobile app and maps to get familiarized with the various designated entrances. So, basically, crazy dude comes out and is like, yo, I'ma shoot up this anime convention. What is wrong with fucking people? Like, I don't know. What? I don't know, man. Why? But... <laughs> I, like, I, I honestly really just don't want to talk about it. Like, yeah, like... You're a sick fucker. Like I'm, I I, I'm only talking about it because Matt put it in the news for us to cover. It is a news story. It is a news story. It does involve anime, but like, it's, it's just people. I, we we know this. People are fucked. Yeah. I'm gonna look directly into my webcam and I'm gonna speak directly to you, whoever the fuck you are, something Rodriguez. You are a sick fucker, and you do not belong anywhere near this fan base. Yeah. And I hope you get caught. And, like, there's no, like... he He's just some random dude. Like, is it that he just really doesn't like anime? Like, why? 
I don't know, man. I don't fucking get it. I don't get it. I don't fucking... You know what, man? Yeah. I don't know, man. Hopefully, they fucking arrest him soon, because... Hopefully. <laughs> as of this recording, Anime Expo is in, like, two days. Yeah. So, hopefully they get it settled before the uh, con starts, so that, you know... The thousands of people at attendance there aren't in uh, harm's way, because yeah. it, it would suck for the, all of it would really be awful for all of this to come to light right before the convention, and then they don't do anything about it. Like, sure, they're increasing security, but you have evidence to prosecute this guy, like j- arrest, like get the cops to arrest him. Should have armed the police too with actually, you know, lethal weaponry. That case, mm-hmm. just in case anything, God forbid anything does happen, they can act on it. Yeah. Here's the problem with that statement lethal weaponry. Um, say they do draw their weapons and they do shoot. He's in a convention center full of maybe thousands of people. Thousands of people. Thousands of people. I don't want uh, guns anywhere near. A, yeah. a loaded convention center. Maybe give them tasers or something. You know, stuff that's a one shot that w- when it hits the, their target, it stops. But the moment that you give these people guns in a crowded convention center, you're asking for a mistake, an accident, trouble. You're, you're asking for a disaster. Yeah. So I wish ho- it could be solved, but you know what? So ho- a, hopefully they take. Hopefully they take care of it. Before the con starts, because yeah. I know I know a lot of uh, I know a lot of uh, anti tubers that are at, that are going to Anime Expo as long uh, as well as people in the industry, not only the anime industry but also the gaming industry are going there. Just a bunch of people that I follow and respect are going there, and yeah. I I just don't want any of them to get hurt. Yeah. A bunch of uh, cosplayers I follow on Instagram, yeah, they're going, and it's it, it's it's. If you're going to Anime Expo, be safe. Yeah, just be, be safe. Have somebody, if have you, somebody with you at all times that you trust. Have know the exits. Be careful, please. Make, make sure safe. you have some sort of uh, d- device to get in contact with people on you. Hopefully, a phone of some kind. Just if you see the fucker anywhere near the convention center, call the police. Like Do the, not the, the 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 uh, the article on Anime News Network has a picture of him, so his face is out there. Remember, do do not approach and always assume he is armed and dangerous. Yeah. So anyway, let's Don't move on from that, that horribly yeah. depressing news. Yeah. And, uh, let's wrap up our news section with uh, some sales charts from Japan. Wait, did Matt not get this? Oh, because the news came yesterday. Can I bring in a small news story? Okay, what is it? Um... In about, so July 7th will be a year since we got the Castlevania anime uh-huh. adaptation on Netflix. And the animation studio behind it, uh, the Powerhouse Animation, um, said that around July 7th, around that time, there's going to be a big announcement for the Castlevania anime. I assume. I assume Matt didn't put it in there because a it seems pretty recent, and also he probably just waiting for the actual announcement before we talk about it. Well, I, I, 
I'm just want to say I'm excited. It was it was surprisingly good anime. I mean, we knew season two was coming to begin with, so it's not yeah. that big news. Like still, I just want to you know small little news story before we get the sales charts. Well, now let's move on to the sales charts. Uh, if you're aware for or if you're aware with our format, Matt started introducing. Uh, going over the sales charts of DVD and Blu-ray sales from Japan at the end of our news section. Uh, I have the list right here in front of me. I'm going to ignore the DVD list for now, just because DVDs are uh, somewhat irrelevant. (laughs) I'm going to go straight to the Blu-ray list, and uh, we might cover the DVD list later on. But let's look at the sales charts. Spencer's going to be happy with what's at number one. Is Love Live at number one? Is Love Live is at number one. Yes! Uh, at the number one spot, uh, during the week of uh, June 18th to June 24th, Love Live Sunshine Second mm-hmm. Season Volume yep. 7 uh, is the number one ranking uh, Blu-ray sale in Japan, selling almost 40,000 units. So we we know, we know that Love Live is popular in Japan and also here because Spencer likes it. But yeah, I almost love... almost forty thousand units uh, from last week. Yeah. Uh, at it's... number two on the list, coming right? at, at number two on the list, coming in very low compared to that at just over thirteen thousand units. We have Uchu Sekan Yamato. Oh, it's Space Battleship Yamato twenty twenty two. Uh, volume 5, at almost 14,000 units. I have nothing to say about that because I haven't watched it, but I've heard it's a very good sci-fi anime. This is a uh, Blu-ray discs, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, coming in at number 3, we have an- another goddamn idol show. We have uh, Volume 5 of Idolish 7 coming in at just under 7,000 units. What is it with Japan and their mm-hmm. idols? Man? Japan loves their idols, son. We know this. <laughs> It's just a cultural thing, okay? They like uh, idols, man. and we don't know why. Oh. Uh, coming in at number four, with a measly 4,000 units, uh, we have something I've never heard of. Uh, Kido Senshi Gundam. Some kind of Gundam series. I don't know which one, because I don't read fucking Japanese. Also, Gundam... It could be one of four trillion at this point. Yeah. Uh, coming in at number four, just over 4,000 units. Uh, ooh, Josh is going to be happy about this one. Hitting the top five with just under 4,000 units sold. Sword Art Online Alternative Volume 1. Oh! Made the top five last week. Nice. Uh, and then... Oh, God. I'm not, fucking... Fuck off, Love Live. Love Live is still... Another Love Live is in the top 20. Mm-hmm. Love Live Sunshine of six, Second Season Volume 6 <laughs> is number... Love Live needs to, like... 13 on the list. Mm-mm. Fucking God. I'm just gonna go over some other uh, interesting things on the list. Um, We've got Code Gios for some reason... Is in the top 20. It sold just under 500 units last week. F- okay. Um, uh, Fate's Day Night, Heaven's Feel, uh, sold 300 units, making it into the top 20 from last week. Cool. 
Um, Aho Girl is number 11 on the list, selling almost hey. 700 units. Aho Girl's hilarious. And uh, other than that, that's that's uh, everything else I don't recognize, so that's all there is for notable series. If I'm missing anything that is notable, I'm sorry, but, you know, I'm not as big of a weeb as Matt is. I apologize. Hey, is Yuru Camp on there? No, it is not. <coughs> but I'm going to go over the DVD D list now and see how much it uh, differs. Uh, a couple of the a couple of reoccurring things, uh, alternative, idolish, are still on here. Um, goddamn Grand Blue Fantasy is like entry eighteen through twenty five, all different mm-hmm. volumes. Yeah, yeah. All together selling well over a thousand units. But like, Grand Blue's great, so yeah, maybe. I know. And also, here's an interesting one. Uh, just from this past season, even though it sold an abysmal 144 DVD units last week, uh, the first volume of Caligula is on the list. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though it sold abysmally, it's still yeah. on the list. Cool. So yeah, uh, I'm not as versed in the uh, sales stuff as Matt is, so we don't have much to talk about that without him here. Some interesting entrants on there. I'm surprised to see something like Caligula on there, even though it sold, like, absolute shit. Absolute garbo. Absolute garbo. 144 units. Sold. Wow. That's ridiculous. But with that said, uh, that officially wraps up our news section. So, let's get into the meat of the podcast. Let's start our detailed discussion on our featured anime of the week, Attack on Titan. Now, I don't think I have to tell everyone what Attack on Titan is because it's a global phenomenon at this point. But Attack on yeah, Titan, Attack on Titan is a huge hit anime. It is a action drama fantasy series. Uh, season one aired from April seventh to September twenty ninth, twenty thirteen, and was directed directed by Tetsuro Araki. If you're familiar with the name. You should be, because he is a very big director in Japan. He's worked on things like Death Note, things like High School of the Dead, a bunch of other series. He's very uh, well-renowned as a director. Uh, And the story of Attack on Titan follows Aaron Yeager and his adopted sister, Mikasa Ackerman, and their childhood best friend, Armin, I don't know his last name. Arlet. Armin Arlet. It follows this main trio as they live in a world that has been ravaged by the Titan Scourge, which are huge humanoid creatures that showed up over a hundred years ago and started devouring humans. As such, most of the human race has gone extinct, and the sole survivors have taken up refuge inside the walls. Uh, Several walls that uh, go deeper into the core of the country. You got Wall Maria, or as they call it, Maria in the dub. I don't... It's Maria. It's Maria. Wall Maria, Wall Rose, and then finally, Wall Cena at the Capitol. Uh, One day, the Colossal Titan shows up and breaches uh, Wall Maria, letting Titans into the city. And then that that just fucking starts a whole slew of depressing events and death and destruction. This show's sad. (laughs) So... Let's get right into the discussion. Uh, let's start with Josh, because I know Josh 
hadn't fully seen season one before this viewing for this podcast. So, Josh, what were your initial impressions of season one of Attack on Titan? Okay, so I've watched up to episode 10 before, and it was... Oh, give me a second, be honest. It was really good. I liked it. But then after episode 10, like, shit just goes even crazier, man. Like, season one was fucking amazing. The fights, it felt like every single episode, there was some kind of conflict going on, Mm -hmm. which made it feel constantly packed with action and it was never dull. Every single episode, I was like, wait, it's done already? Oh, shit, gotta get the next one. And before I realized that it was all done, I was like, well, fuck me. That was amazing. I feel bad for the people that had to wait, like, four years for a second season. Because, mm-hmm. god damn, that was fucking amazing. Yeah, characters it, it, are... Oh, please. My no, 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 go on. Go on. You're talking. Characters are, characters are well-developed. I think a lot of... You guys haven't talked about it, surprisingly. The soundtrack is a... F- Oh yeah. Fucking maze. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. soundtrack is so wonderful. German choir, I believe it's German choir. It is German. Is so amazing and it makes me think of Near when I listen to it because Near Automata also has a German choir soundtrack which is just fucking amazing. Yeah, I can, I can see the resemblance there. The art style holds up. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though it's it's 5 years old now and it Feels like it just came out this season. We'll uh, we'll get into the animation a little more in depth mm-hmm. later, but but anyways, yeah, season one, just amazing. Absolutely glad I watched it. Well, now Spencer, mm-hmm. you had actually seen season one before uh, this rewatch for the gap, but you had yes. never seen it dubbed, correct? Correct. I've, I had only seen season one subbed. Well, what were you? What were your first impressions of season one of Attack on Titan? Uh, Dove is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Put that up there right now. Dove is absolutely fantastic. I'm really glad I got to watch it. Mm-hmm. But season one is everything that a first season should be for an anime, in which it sets up all the the lore and backstory very easily, very quickly, without a lot of exposition and pointless speaking about like the Titan, the Titan, the Titan, like. Instead of like speaking about the Titans, they'll like say something and then they'll show a Titan doing it, or mm-hmm. they'll just show the Titan doing things. Um, it sets up character uh, backgrounds, kind of motivations and stuff like that very, very well, in which you can tell, like, like, okay, this character might seem like this kind of person, but on the inside, he or she really isn't. It's, it, it, it's, an incredibly well-made season, and it really does everything right. Yeah, I I, uh, I wholeheartedly agree with you, because uh, much like Spencer, I had already seen the first season uh, before we decided to do it for The Gap. Uh, granted, I had seen it like three years ago, so I'd forgotten... Mostly everything that happened other than, like, the really big events. So, re-watching this, I was really excited to... It was basically like watching it brand new all over again. And, um... Yeah, I was I was just blown away. Like, when I watched the first time a couple of years ago, I was like, that was very good. And now, what after I rewatched it just recently, I'm like, 
this might be one of my favorite anime ever. Like, mm-hmm. I was just blown away by the, the attention to detail in this season. Like, there's so much world building and character depth and just... There's and so many character death. Yeah. <laughs> and many people die. Like, every action has a reason to it. Yeah, like, much like Josh said, every episode had a purpose. Like, mm-hmm. re-watching it, I was really surprised at just how well everything flows into one another. Like, it doesn't feel like you're watching individual episodes. Like, the events of each episode carry so well into the next, it just feels like it's just this massive feature-length film. Mm-hmm. It's It's just a mastercraft at what it does. And... I was honestly blown away. Like, I loved it to begin with, but after rewatching it, it, my my appreciation for it just went that much higher. Like, it went from very good, not sure where it ranks for me, to this might actually be in my top ten now. So I I was very very satisfied with the quality of season one. But let's get a little more depth into this. Uh, let's start with Spencer. Uh, Spencer, mm-hmm. what was your favorite episode of season one? My favorite episode was uh, episode 10. Uh, what was it called again? It was called, um, fuck. It, it, it wasn't called fuck. One second. It was definitely called fuck. It was actually the porn parody of Attack fuck. on Titan. It yep. was, oh shit, that's why there was so many deaths. Yeah, that's so like, confused. yeah, you know, the, the pirate sites, uh, you. you can run into some weird shit in there. That's fine. Thank you. Uh, for those of you who don't know, my sister just brought me um Yeah, those of you who can't see, my sister just brought me uh, lunch. So. Wow, it's great, Spencer. No one cares. Wow. Get back to the episode, wow. Fine. It's called The Response. Attack on Trost, Part 6. Um... So I, I know exactly what you two are probably going to say, but l- l- allow me to explain exactly why episode ten is my favorite. So aside from, and I'm going to get this out of the way because this is the big thing. Um, Armin does does a speech in this episode, in which Josh Grell puts his heart and soul into delivering those fucking lines. It is one of the most emotionally impactful moments a character has up to that point because the way it's set up is is it's like you have armin who for the most part has been this kind of weak-willed kind of emotionally uh subdued timid man who basically is now responsible for keeping his friends alive if he messes up Mikasa and Aaron and and him are dead. So he creates this this speech that ends that starts with him stating I am a soldier and ends with him saying it was um I will advocate for his strategic value. I am a but, soldier. Yeah. I will advocate his strategic value. No, I think, it was, it. I think it was advocate for advocate. it. it was advocate. I will advocate his strategic value! Well, regardless, like, the speech was fantastic. Like, 
speech is fantastic. It, uh, if you haven't seen it, look it up on YouTube. It's uh, the persuasion scene in, in English. Or, or watch just watch Attack on watch Titan, which watch, I forgot to mention, if I can interrupt right now. Go ahead. If you hey, wish wait, wait, to watch wait. Attack on Titan, I will Tell leave me, links. Shane. What? Where is this legally able to be seen? Well, let me tell you, Spencer, if any of you out there are interested in watching Attack on Titan, if you're one of the three people on the planet who hasn't seen it yet, uh, there will be links in the description below where you can watch it legally, both sub and dub, on either Crunchyroll or Funimation, the platform of your choosing. I highly recommend the dub, because this is a fantastically done dub. Just everyone puts in A-plus performances. But if you're interested in watching the show, links in the description where you can watch it legally. Continue, please. And then, so moving away from the speech. Um, this episode has overall implications for the entire rest of the show. It sets up how society and the humans will look at people that can turn into titans, known as shifters, titan shifters. It's a massive step for Armin as a character, even outside of the speech himself, because he has to stand up for himself finally and speak with authority. He stands up for not only himself, but his friends but at the same friends time. as well, yeah. Um, it gives uh, character de definition to people like Jean and even Sasha gets some character definition at that point. Um, and it also shows the, this entire episode shows that you don't need, you know, seven, 12, 15 Titans fucking shit up to have suspense and tension in this show. There's silence after his speech for a good, like five, 10 seconds. After he says, I advocate for streets value, there's silence in that silence is some of the most tense parts of attack on Titan. That silence, because it's like, it's either the man raises his hand and you're dead, or he understands what you're talking. And it, oh, episode 10 is fantastic. Also, good fight, that guy, he's an asshole. Oh, yeah. W don't worry. W I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, he's a cunt. Oh, he's a fucking cunt. Um, mm -hmm. But... I, I do agree that episode 10 is one of the best episodes. I agree with everything Spencer said. However, Josh, what's the real best episode? Episode 1. I'm fucking right. It's episode 21, boys. Damn right it is. My god. Episode 21. <laughs> if you give me a second, I will pull up episode 21. Title. Because something else I like about Attack on Titan, every single title relates to the episode. Mm-hmm. Perfectly. So, if we look at episode 21, Crushing Blow, the 57th Exterior Scouting Mission, Part 5. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Crushing now, Blow, all right. Yeah. This episode finally has... Aaron and Annie confronting each other. Unbeknowingly to Aaron, at least. And their Titan forms. Because this is before Aaron knows that Annie is actually able to transform. But anywho. The fight was so well choreographed. 
the deaths in this episode were so sad. Mm-hmm. I, I I had to watch my girl die a second time. Yep. It was brutal. My favorite and member of Levi's squad. Just it was into a tree. Sad to see Aaron actually losing ground to Annie. Because just like in the first few episodes when they were training, Annie beat him in a mm-hmm. fight. However... Aaron also learned from that fight. And while fighting Annie in both Titan forms, he used what he's learned to slightly get ground on her. And the only reason why Aaron lost was Annie started to run away when Aaron was being on the ground. Until the climactic ending where both Arm or no not Arm Levi and Mikasa come and save him. Now, Shane, why is this your favorite episode? Okay, well, there's you, several... You made notes. There's several... I, I actually had to write down notes just to make sure I covered everything I wanted to. But, yeah, uh, you're yeah. going to cover a lot that I probably missed. I agree with my son that episode 21 is by far my favorite episode in season one. Because not only do you get the brutal slaughtering of the entire Levi squad, which up until that point, they have done a great job with their characterization and actually making you care about them as people. So seeing them get destroyed by the female Titan was heartbreaking. Not only does it have incredible animation throughout the entire episode, and it never holds back, much like the entire show itself, but we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, and not only did it have the first fight between Eren and the female Titan, which was fucking spectacular. My favorite part in the entire fight was actually right at the point where Eren lost because fucking Annie, as the female Titan, did that fucking badass spinning heel kick and took off his fucking head. And the tree. And, the, and tree. the tree. I think my favorite part of the fight was when Annie punched Aaron in the face with her heart and arm, but then Aaron slid his teeth across his arm, her arm, and fucking beat, the, punched her right in the gut and sent her 50 meters high. I think I think that, my favorite part of that fight is still the spinning heel kick and just how it, the force behind it is enough to decapitate Aaron. Oh, it was fucking mental, man. Like, that whole fight fuck. is mental. Not only does it have all of that, but it also has what I feel is one of the best character moments for Mikasa. Where right at the very end, she sees Eren without a head, laying lifeless on the floor, and Annie trying to get away. And she there's that scene where she rushes her down, where she's like, she's boosting back and forth with her ODM gear, slicing her up from head to toe. And the animation in that scene is fucking spectacular. Like I think, I think that's one of the best character moments for Mikasa, just showing how much she really cares about Eren and how determined she is to protect him at any cost. Now we can't forget about Levi and how the boy Levi, Levi just fucks. Period. Period. Levi just fucks. Levi just fucks Annie up. Because before that, we've never seen his real fighting style, which is spinning. He does that. He does that fucking like saw blade move, and he just and it's like, rips through her entire fucking body. 
And Andy's like, okay, I'm in trouble now. Like, geez. Yeah, we need to get the fuck out of here. You can see the fear in her eyes and her Titan form. Mm -hmm. She needs to get the fuck out of there oh, or yeah. she will die. Yeah. Like, th this episode just from start to finish, it's fantastic. Uh, I also have uh, some notes that uh, our lovely host Matt left for me. That he, 21 was his favorite episode too, wasn't it? Yeah, he left me some notes for both seasons about his opinions because he still wants to be involved in some way. His favorite episode, agreeing with Josh and I, was also episode 21, which I will read his notes now. Emotionally resonant and tough to watch, but your eyes are glued to the screen the whole time. It has one of the best fights in the entire series, as well as the defining moment for Levi's character. Which I'll agree, Levi has a great moment in this episode. Is that when um, Petra's father comes up to him? After? No, that's no, that's that's a couple episodes. No, that was episode twenty-two. No, that's that's him. Um, that's him when he's rushing through the forest and he passes all of his squad members yeah. and they're just dead, and you yeah. can see like his eyes sink into his skull, and he just fucking rushes after the female titan to avenge them. Yeah. This yeah. episode is just fucking phenomenal. It is. Uh, let's move on. Let's 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 talk about some characters. Uh, let's start with Josh for this one. Josh, who was your favorite character in season one? Same as season two. It will always be Krista Lenz. She doesn't have a lot of screen time, I know, but she is just too adorable to pass up. And uh, that that that's she all is, you need to know. She is a kind-hearted character who truly cares about everyone in her squad. And she's just so precious. I will not deny that she is a precious cinnamon bun. But Every time I see her get in trouble, I'm just like, God, if you can hear me, please. <laughs> just praying to the anime god, like, please let her live. <laughs> don't do protect. this to her. Protect. Protect. I'm just like, God, don't do this to her, man. Alright, well, Spencer, mm -hmm. my boy, who was your favorite character in uh, Season 1? I We all know who it is. It's actually not who you think it is. Oh, it's okay. Mixing things up, I see. It's gonna be weird once I talk about him in Season 2, but my favorite character oh. in Season 1 was Bertolt Hoover. Ooh, okay. Oh, from the moment that I saw Bertolt's in season one, he became instantly my favorite character tied with Armin. Um, because Bertolt was very quiet, timid as well, very to himself, only really talked with Raina, Raina Braun, who was, who, that they, they were from the same area with Annie. Um, and he just, he was the one who kind of gave Aaron some tips about how to deal with the ODM gear, which, by the way, for those of you who haven't seen it, ODM stands for Omnidirectional Movement. It's basically, it's the thing that they are seen zipping around on. We'll, 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 we'll in, talk about it in a bit. Yeah, but uh, Bertolt helped everybody out. He was, like, very, very soft-spoken and kind. Um, and then some stuff happens in Season 2 that I'll talk about. In which he becomes my not favorite character. Mm, uh, yes, but first season one for everything, 
that he did as a character to help everybody out. Uh, Berthold Hoover is my favorite season one. Okay. Okay. Also, well, yes. Side, s- side note, I will probably be pronouncing the German names properly. Oh, probably. You're, you're most likely butchering it. No. Berthold Hoover is correct. You are most likely butchering Wow. Fuck no, me. he's actually correct. I'm just teasing him. I'm, you are a bam boy. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say there? I think it was going to call you a cunt. I, you probably it, were, let's be real. But then that turned to bitch. Yeah, I heard bitch boy. coming out of your mouth. <laughs> well, anyway. The, the usable word that we used to talk shit on anyone in our stream. Cunt. Yes. Anyone, uh, kids, if you're watching, remember the letter of the day is C for cunt. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I'm surprised that no one in this group picked the character that I thought was the best. Not even Matt. Which let's talk about Matt's favorite character. Matt picked Levi as his favorite character, which yeah. wow. very understandable, extremely understandable because Levi is amazing. Uh, Matt says that he picked Levi because of his badass attitude with a surprising amount of depth, and he gets the best moments in the entire show. His relationship with Aaron is both fascinating and a great mix of drama and surprising comedy, easily a standout of the season. His runner-up was Annie, which he does like Annie quite a bit. But I'm surprised that no one, not even Spencer, going on about episode 10 and the speech from this character picked this as their favorite... Oh, Armin, no. I am surprised. What the fuck, Spencer? It was the first couple episodes with Armin. I was like, you're too whiny, man. Well, I picked I Armin as my favorite character for season See, one. Because, I, yes, I he, he, he starts as a whiny little bitch baby, I will admit. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you hold out and you wait... For him to get his moment past episode 10, he is by far one of the best characters in this entire show. Oh, Armin is a genius. Like, an actual genius. Yes. Like, not only his his strategic genius, where he comes up with fully realized plans on the spot, but just his... It's his development as a character that really got me behind him. Because, yes, he starts off as a little bitch baby that needs people to save him. But he slowly but surely grows into his own and stands up for himself. Not only himself, but the people who have always protected him. He's finally turned the tables and has started protecting others instead of them protecting him. I just, like, really admired Armin in this season. He's just a fantastic, well-rounded character all around. But... With every favorite character, there are characters that are not our favorites. So, let's start with Spencer. Spencer, who was your least favorite character in Season 1? My least favorite character of Season 1 was Emir. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Okay. Emir is, to put it bluntly, you this were before, she's a cunt. Mm Mm-hmm. She is... I mean, aside from the fact where where she's... Seems, and we'll get into this in season two. Um, she seems to be very attached to Krista. She's just a massive fucking bitch to everybody. Yep. She's she, she's that kind of girl who, unlike Annie, who's very anti-social, 
Antisocial. Ah, oh, fucking get on with it. Fuck. Anyways, wow. Um, Emir is just a straight up bitch. Like she, she has oh, yeah. no redeeming qualities in season one. Oh yeah, she, and, she's she's a heartless bitch. Um, some of the stuff she she said to our girl Sasha, I was like, mm-mm, mm-mm. yeah, but yeah, least favorite character season one. Makes sense. I could definitely see that. Son, who is your least favorite character from season one? That guy in the f- with the beard in episode ten. Mm. What's his name? I actually have his name because he is too my least favorite character. Kits Wollerman. Fuck that guy. Kits Wollerman. Kits Wollerman. He's Kitz an Wollerman. asshole. He is the dude with the brown hair and the beard who almost killed. Aaron, Mikasa, and Armin in episode 10 with the cannons. He's like, power. He's fucking power drunk. Mm-hmm. And he's an asshole. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Josh. He's definitely my least favorite character in this season. Just because he's such an unrelenting douchebag. Like, Armin's trying to win everyone over and the, they're hearing him out. They're kind of swaying towards his side. But the, this fucker is so hell-bent on destroying Aaron... Because all he sees him as is a potential threat. That he does not give up on his quest to murder this child. Thank like, God for... Like no, ma- like, no matter what anyone says, he's like, he is a threat to the human race. And I don't care what you say. You will never change my mind. He must be exterminated. Like, fuck off, dude. Yeah, seriously, he's... <sighs> I don't like him. Like, fuck off. But uh, Matt has a very interesting least favorite character. Uh, one I definitely was not expecting. His least favorite character is Eld. Who's that? Who's Eld again? He was the, uh, you know, the blonde dude in Levi's squad. Oh, uh, yes. The one that smells people? Yes. No. Wait, that's not Eld? Yeah, it he's is. Got, like, the scruffy, he's got, like, the scruffy facial hair, right? Yeah, that dude. Yeah, really? Yeah. A-U-L-D, all, yeah. As he states... No, all As Matt states, in a show without any real bad characters, Eld was chosen due to him being the least interesting of Levi's squad. But still, extremely hard to pick. Which I will agree with Matt. There aren't necessarily bad characters in the show, other than that kid's douchebag, who should die. Even then, even then, I can kind of see where he was coming from. Like, sure. Like, a, like a, a boring, uninteresting character is just as bad as an actual, like, horrible person. I get where Matt's coming from, but I was definitely not expecting that from him. Yeah. But let's get, in, let's get into some other positives. What other uh, positives did you guys want to talk about Season 1? Uh, well, if you'll give me a second, I can bring up my lovely girlfriend, Jen. Oh! Jen sent me a text message. And she she couldn't be here. She had to go to school. Was a good girl. But here we are. Ready? Quote from my girlfriend. Yes. I really enjoyed both seasons. Season one had awesome character development and made me love a lot of characters. Some of the episodes left you guessing what was going to happen next, and I love that. I love seeing the development of the characters throughout the season as they grow and face the challenges ahead of them. That's what my girlfriend says about season one. Okay. 
Now, are there any hey. more positives that you guys want to talk about? Because there's yeah. quite a few good things about this show. Yeah. yeah, there are. I want to mention three things. One, ODM gear is fucking sick. ODM gear's fucking rad, dude. <laughs> ODM gear is fucking rad. And like, if you, would... if you ever wanted to be real-life Spider-Man, just make ODM gear. ODM gear. Omnidirectional movement gear. Two, Jonkerstein is a fucking hero. Oh, and he's he a fucking sex. legend, dude. He starts off as a douchebag, and by the end of... But, but and then once he get, get, goes through the whole stuff like that, one of you know, military police and all that, and then all of a sudden, you know, shit happens. His, one of his very close friends, Marco, just gets destroyed and we never, nobody cares we never yeah. we never find no. out what happens to marco either marco. he's just yeah, dead just in the dead. streets it could have been like as i part of the, it could have been anything but at that point jean made the decision that you know he needs to help people he needs to be a, a hero for humanity i'm awesome. going to the scouts regiment yeah the third thing is just the entire training montage of these people uh, during the, um, the, the, the scene, you know, what's your name, soldier? Sir! And then, Sir! And, um, all that, that, that whole scene with, with Kits, by the way, that's Kits. That's not um, Kits. Yes, it is. That is a separate, that is a different character. I'm pretty sure it's the same character. That is a completely different character. I don't know what the fuck you're smoking. I'm looking it up. But, um, well, get get ready to be proven wrong. Kit Swarman, correct? Yes. I got the same guy. It's not. It's not the same guy. His first anime appearance is the struggle for Troth Part One. That's after the training, dude. Oh is god, it, it is. No, no, what it, the it's fuck? Yeah, I was gonna say it's the same person. What Kit the Swarman fuck? The what happened? Wait, 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 wait. Shut, shut, shut. So we're saying the training instructor is Kit Swarman. It's, it's the same cuntbag that wanted to kill Aaron. How yeah. did, okay, how did he grow a full fucking head of hair then? Because it, because, do you remember they were training for three years? I know, but like, he's fucking, <laughs> he's fucking bald. Like, yeah. <laughs> Anime, okay? But no. Um, okay, I'm sorry I doubted you. <laughs> thank you. That that whole scene um, with him kind of drilling, being the drill instructor, uh, was incredibly well done, and I really like that scene. Well, sweet jolly fucking ranchers, I bet I your bet mother you wishes, wishes she had swallowed you. you. Can you sing, maggot? Ah! Harmonize with me. Ah! Sasha, what the hell are you doing? Uh, Diego, Diego, sir. Oh, just uh, uh, just eating some potatoes there. You know, just, uh, uh, potatoes are high in calories. You know what's a good way to burn off calories? What? <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh, I wish there was more of that. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> anyways, yeah, that scene was great, and that's yeah. my three things. Um, some other things I want to mention. Like we mentioned before, just the production values of this show are top fucking tier. Oh. And it, it becomes even more impressive when you see the manga 
and you realize that they created this from the source material, it's like night oh, and fucking I mean, day. Uh, have you the seen Man? Okay, that's different, though. Because have you one... seen Mob Psycho? Okay, that started off as a webcomic, but then it got an actual manga remake with really stellar artwork. Attack yeah. on Titan started as a, manga as a manga that's always had really shitty artwork. Dude, it's not good art. Like, I don't like to shit horrible. on. I don't like to shit on uh, mangakas because you know they're doing their best. But I'm sorry that the art in the Attack on Titan manga is terrible. fucking atrocious. So it's a fucking miracle that Wit Studio, as their first fucking show, managed to pull this out of their ass. Like, whoa! <laughs> like the the animation throughout the entire show is nothing but top notch. It's honestly one of some of the best animation I've ever seen, just period. Like, I love how fluid everything is. I love the amount of Sakuga. The art style in general is just really appealing because what they do in the anime is they give the characters these thick black outlines that really make them pop out. And I I, I talked with I talked with Matt about this. I love shows that do that kind of art style because it really makes everything stand out. And it's just, I actually, I, yeah, I, just I, I, I actually really enjoy the, the dark outlines of the characters in this. Yes. Yeah. Um, some other, some other noteworthy things, like Spencer said. Um, no, as Josh said, uh, stellar soundtrack. Thank you. Uh, yeah. really, really great instrumentation. Really nails the the atmosphere and the the themes of the show. Um. As Matt said in his notes, this show has some of the best OPs out there, mm-hmm. which um, we have some conflicting opinions on the OPs, but that's fine. Shout out to um, Link to Ryzen for doing the openings. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah, uh, let's go through this right now because you mentioned it. I think that the second opening. OK, actually, you know what? Fuck it. The opening of season two is the best opening. Mm-hmm. However, season one, I think that the second opening is better than the first one. Mm, Josh, what do you feel about that? It's it's a tough decision, I know. Um. Okay. So both are amazing. I can't choose. I I actually cannot choose. I think I think I'm gonna agree because after finishing the season, I did realize that the second OP is really fucking good. But the but first Link one, Horizon, Link to Horizon, does one of my favorite things in music, which is ascending harmonies, mm-hmm. which ascending harmonies. they constantly bring up the tone slightly, slightly, slightly at the end of the song. Until I mean, it reaches this beautiful pitch and then just finishes it off, and it's like so. Yeah, my so lord. In music, it's literally known as a trucker's gearbox because you're going, you know, up, up, yep. shift, up, shift, up, shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best example of that would be the ending of the fir- of the opening of the second season. You know where they're going, Sasageo, Sasageo, Sasageo. Yeah, well, at the end, every time they say Sasageo, they go up like a third or a fourth. 
and it keeps on going up and up and up until you, you get that. It's like, yeah, fuck yeah. It just finishes it off so perfectly. Like, Five link chords to one chord. Yeah. Up cadence. Like, Link to Ryzen just knows what they're fucking doing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. every single opening is fucking amazing. Yeah. I honestly can't pick. Um, I love all three of them equally uh, by the end of it. So I really can't pick a favorite. Um, another thing I want to talk about is just the, the dub specifically. Because yes. I haven't seen the sub... Matt has told me that it is also stellar, but the dub in it's particular stellar. is incredible. Stellar. Like, everyone knocks it out of the park with their performances. Yep. There is no bad performance. No, Chris Sabat, there's none. by the way, is Kits. Oh yeah, Chris Sabat is Kits. He is. <laughs> Which, mm-hmm. That sucks, because Chris Sabat, being one of my favorite VAs, is the worst character in the show. Yeah. A shout out to Chris Sabat, who is uh, not actually a cunt in real life. No, he's a lovely human being. No, he being. is a lovely human being. Well, considering he won the industry icon. He did. Well-deserved, too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the dub in the show is freaking spectacular. Everyone gives it their all in their performances. Not a single bad voice actor to be found. Not a single underwhelming performance to be had. It's just really top-notch stuff. Um, but let's get into some uh, nitpicks and criticisms. Do you guys have any issues with this season? No. Not a single issue. No. Not Spencer? a single issue. I have uh, very, very, very small nitpick. Like this will affect my score. It's just a nitpick that after watching it uh, a second time, uh, in the beginning. It seems like character motivations uh, just randomly switch without a good reason. Um, it it's just it wasn't a big deal. It didn't take away, but uh, but sometimes I would be like, okay, how did we get from A to B? Like, I I must have missed something. Um, but that's a very very small nitpick. And it did not take away from this season at all. Yeah, um, I have to agree with Josh. I really have no substantial nitpicks or criticisms. This season did everything almost perfectly. Like, as close to absolutely perfect as you could execute a show like this. One thing that I do want to mention, which... Uh, is also in Matt's notes, which I agree with him, is the cliffhanger ending leaves a little to be desired. And mm-hmm. seeing as how there was such a large gap between seasons with that ending, I can see a lot of people getting pissed about that. Myself included. I wasn't necessarily pissed, but it is kind of annoying that it just kind it of is. ends on this cliffhanger, and then you're like, oh man, I can't wait for the next season to start. Four years later, like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just kind Over, of annoying. For someone like me who literally just had season two right after one, it was kind of like, okay. I mean, it wasn't a huge issue for me just because I was rewatching season one anyway. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. you know, for someone who did watch it around the time it came out, I watched it in like early 2015. You know, still, I still had to wait two years for that second season. And I didn't even get around to watching it until this year, so. 
I can I can see that being a, a huge issue for people and kind of like pushing a few people away from the series, but it is again very very nitpicky. It, it doesn't take away from anything. Um, are there any other negatives we want to mention before we get to final scores? Nope. No. Okay. Well, let's get to final scores. Which let's start with Matt since he's not here. I will read his uh, closing statements on season one. Overall, Attack on Titan to Matt is one of the best-paced, most rewarding, most interesting, and engaging shows ever to come out of Japan. It is a mastercraft of tension and foreshadowing and has some truly amazing characters to get attached to and then cry over two episodes later. It's brutal, uncompromising, and violent, but it's worth it. And Matt's final score for Season 1 is a 10 out of 10, as close to perfect as it could possibly be. I don't think we have to beat around the bush, so all three of us could say our scores at the exact same time. Okay. Ready? Yep. Three, two, one. Ten, ten out, out of ten. ten. Zero of ten. <laughs> you traitor! You... I mean, wait, ten out of ten. You damn traitor! <laughs> no, it's ten out of ten. Yeah, it's, a, ten, it's a ten out of ten. Yeah. This show is Easy. as close to humanly perfect as it can possibly be. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm surprised because it wasn't a 10 out of 10 for you originally, Spencer. So your score actually went up. Yep. Pure pressure. <laughs> no. I. You care uh, to explain uh, why? Sure. I went over to his house, smacked him across the head, and told him to do a 10 out of 10. Sorry. I forgot how fucking good the first season was. Mm-hmm. Because I watched season one when it came out. In 2014? No, 2013. 2013. Um... I watched it subbed. It was fantastic. But it was just certain things I just couldn't really get behind. Some of the Japanese voices I was like are amazing, stellar, but compared to the dub voices, I find some voices the dub does better, some voices the sub does better. But um it it all came down to episode ten, twenty one and twenty the last episode, 45. Mm-hmm. Um, Canna explained, 21 you guys explained, and having to see Petra die for a second time uh, was is still one of the most emotional moments I've had in anime since God knows, I can't remember. It makes my heart cry. And then ha- and then seeing Levi like, have to go over that and then have to talk to her, talk to her father. Mm. Like, yeah. oh God. Um, and the last episode, the fight with Annie, motherfucker punches her head off. Mm-hmm. I just, there's something I forgot to mention. Um, his transformation in that episode, Aaron's transformation, yep. when he's fucking crushed under all the rubble with a fucking wooden spear through his chest, and he, like, pushes himself out of it, and he's like, I need to kill all the titans! And then yep. he just, that fucking blood-curdling scream as the lightning yep. comes down. So I like, oh. Abs- oh yeah, I absolutely love his titan form. His screams, every time you hear it, it's just like, he's angry. Mm-hmm. Shit, uh, it's going down. Something's gonna happen. Very good. Very, very good. Um, so, after rewatching season one, I was like, I can't give this anything less than than a 10. It's almost perfection. Respectable. Josh, why is it a 10 out of 10 for you? Because it was perfect. 
Do I need very, to go into detail? Very simple, man, Josh. You can if you want. Shall I? No, I don't need to go into detail either. It's just perfect. I have to... I agree no, with everyone. You know what? It's not perfect. It's near perfect. Yeah, nothing, it's, be perfect. nothing is perfect, but... It's one of the best animes I've ever watched. In fact, it was granted the honor to get a 10 out of 10 on my Mal list, which not many anime have. Mm-hmm. It was just... It's what happened when I watched ReZero. Because after I watched ReZero, I felt empty. After watching Attack on Titan, I was like, well, fuck. Well, don't worry. You don't have to wait long for more. And I'm glad, but it still is like, fuck, there's like not much as good as this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with everyone here. Um, season 1 easily gets a 10 out of 10. Especially on Rewatch... You really get a feel for what exactly this show is going for. Like, yeah. every every little thing in the show comes together perfectly to create what is honestly a masterpiece of modern anime. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. when, I, when I first watched this, again, I really liked it, but I wasn't sure how I felt about it, where it ranked for me. After rewatching it, easy 10 out of 10. One of the best shows I've ever seen. Might even be in my top 10 now. It's just everything that the show does right, it does almost flawlessly. The characters, their development, the world building, the animation, everything just blends seamlessly together into this incredible experience that's honestly not much like anything else on the market right now. So, with that said, this season gets an easy 10 out of 10. One of the best seasons of anime, possibly ever. Yeah. Yeah. But we're not done yet, boys, because we got an entirely other... We got an entirely different season to talk about. So let's get right into season two. A Season two aired it. from... Excuse me? Season two. You thought it couldn't get better? Oh, just you Oh, fucking just fucking wait. wait. Uh, but let's get into it. Season two aired from April 1st, 2017 to June 17th, 2017. Different director this time around. This season was directed by Masashi Koizuka which um, is much has a much different directing style from Araki, mm. which Araki is known for having very bombastic, over-the-top directional style. Um, Koizuka is much, known, is much better known for having very subtle horror elements in his direction, which this show, this season in particular, definitely takes a different direction from the first season, which the synopsis of the season... Not ver- not much to explain here. It carries off directly from the end of Season 1, following uh, the entire Scout Regiment, Armin, Aaron, Mikasa, the whole gang, as they continue to fight the Titan Scourge and hopefully find the secrets to the Titans and exterminate them once and for all. But some shit goes down in this season! So... Like, if, you, oh, if you thought that Season 1 was Swerve City... That was just the detour on the way. Season 2 is the real Swerve City, because, oh man. Season 2, they decided to spike your head into the dirt and go, fuck you. Yeah, here's, what like... I, here's my direct quote I gave to Shane, or either Shane or Matt, with Season 2. They take a bucket of lore and throw it on your fucking head. <laughs> hey, were, were you upset that there wasn't enough lore in the first season? 
Fuck Get you. your ass ready for season two. <laughs> Get your asshole ready because it's coming in hot. Open it up. <laughs> loosen up. It's coming wrong. Get the it's fuck. Going. Get the two gallon jug of lube ready. Oh my fuck. Because Boy, this season's gonna fuck you hard. This is gonna hurt. <laughs> let's get into it. Um, yeah. Let's start with Josh, seeing as how Josh is all fired up. Josh, what were your first impressions uh, upon watching season two for the first time? Mary, mother of Jesus, what's going on? <laughs> I mean, Seriously, yeah. yeah. That, could, that will relate to my only problem I had with this season is it throws your ass into the fucking fire, man. Mm-hmm. It throws like, your ass like, right in the deep end. It's like, sink or swim, bitch. It literally is like, oh, fuck, guys. Wall Rose is the breach. Get your asses ready. <laughs> Shit's going down. There's Titans in the walls. What the fuck's what, going like, on? What the fuck? The walls are made of Titans? Like, what? the what? fuck is going on, man? How the, why the fuck are there so many Titan shifters? What What's the going fuck? on? I can't breathe. There's so much shit going on. I can't breathe. Oh, sorry. Uh, who's Historia? What? What's going? What the? Who's fuck Historia? Is, like her family is related wait, to the church. They can, they, they, who else can fucking transform? Yeah, which who? The rest of you bitches, if you can transform, you better speak the fuck up. Step the fuck up, man. Step the fuck up or step the fuck off. Holy uh. shit, man! Season two just beats you over the fucking head. And you know, I was like. After watching season one, I'm like, it can't get much better than this, right? And then that's oh, like, oh, geez. just wait. <laughs> Holy fuck, man. Like, probably the best second season in all anime. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a perfect follow-up to the first Holy season in every fuck. aspect. Before I, 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 I read my opinion, once again, this is Jen's opinion on season two. Okay. Jen says, season two is also amazing. I love how we get to see more of some of the side characters. Season 2 maybe loves Sasha even more than I already did. Mm-hmm. And we get to see how the rest of the team interact with each other. Again, the story is intriguing and leaves you guessing. That's a huge fucking understatement, man. <laughs> and I, think we, I think we did it pretty well. Yeah, and, yeah, I, I agree. Now for my opinion on Season 2. Yeah, two. what were your first impressions of Season 2, Spencer, having never seen it before? Yeah, having never seen Season 2 before. Um... Uh... Holy shit. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. <laughs> what the actual living... You know what? Fuck it. Today's sponsor is brought to you by Swerve City. Swerve City. Population your fucking brain. Today's sponsor is sponsored by those wet white diapers because I was shitting myself the whole fucking time. This podcast Today's- is sponsored by d- diapers. <laughs> This God pod- damn it, you'll need them because you'll This be- podcast is sponsored by Crush Crush, the moist and uncut edition. Thank you, random H game ad I had while watching this season. Totally don't play it. Obviously not, dumbass. But no. <laughs> holy shit. Holy fucking shit. Holy fucking fucking I think, holy I think, shit. I think the discussion for the season is gonna devolve into just us going, Here, What the fuck? Holy shit. <laughs> I'm going to move away from my mic and give you guys an example of me. Let me make sure no tone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Here, here's what happened when I watched. Holy fucking shit! <laughs> ah! <laughs> that, that's 
that's my example of season two. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, but I, I think we all share the same opinion on that. No one's home? Good. <laughs> Just, like, if you thought that the fucking twists in season one were outrageous, you haven't seen anything yet. Prepare your goddamn ass. Let's, wow. Let's fucking get into it, because yeah. there's a, we've wasted enough time. Okay, season Holy two. Shit. Let's start with Spencer. Spencer. Yes. What was your favorite episode from season two? Episode six. I think it's Soldier, I think it's called. Soldier, yeah. Soldier. Wait, so soldier he, or Warrior? Warrior was four. Okay. Soldier was six. Um, one. So, we leave off. Turns out, Emir is a Titan. Chip. Mm-hmm. She can turn into a Titan, and it's the Titan that killed Rhina's um, friend. When he was younger. And Bertolt. And Bertolt's friend as well. So, already, this episode ends, uh, starts with, with the end of episode four, or technically episode five. Um, and it, it's like, Krista, is it Krista anymore? Her actual name is Historia Rice. Um, and then, it, and then the middle part is like, oh yeah, by the way, did you know that uh, Annie, Bearcolts, and Rhina are from the same area? And uh, yeah, the, they're all Titans. I love how casually. Yeah. Oh, he's okay, just like, no, 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 no. I'm getting there. I'm giving you that. Okay, so they're standing on top of a wall, and everybody's walking away. And Rhina is like, hey, uh, Aaron, can I talk to you? And everybody's walking away, and as they're walking away, I love what they do with the audio, because they made it kind of quiet and, and in the background, mm-hmm. and it's just Rhina going, okay, yeah, so uh, I'm the Armored Titan, and they're told it's a Lost Titan. Yeah, I had to go back, turn subtitles on, and be like, wait, what? No, yeah. um, fucking Matt sent me, Matt sent me the page in the manga where they reveal that, and it's yeah. basically the same thing, everyone's walking away, and then just in the background, it's tiny little, uh, Bubbles, just like yeah, I'm the Armored Titan. He's Claws Titan. Just don't bring it up. Yeah, like I message. I will give you my DMs to Matt exactly what I said when that shit happened. Let me find. Um, that. Oh, hold on. Let yeah, me find so, mine because fuck. Well, so okay. while you two are talking, I'll continue. Oh, wait a minute, okay. it? So I sent him a picture of the. It was Reiner. I'm the Claw. I'm the Armored Titan. He's a Colossal. Wait, what? And then he sent me the picture and yeah. I was like, ah, Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, I found I found mine. As soon as it happened, I sent him five messages in a row that all all of them were just okay. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Sharp inhale. What the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um everybody's walking away because i kind of pauses and it's like like eh, something's up but there's like yeah oh yeah by the way uh i'm the armor titan i'm the armor titan is titan um <laughs> do you want to come with us and maybe you can save humanity and um aaron's like yeah, you guys are just going crazy, right? Yeah, you guys are just, like, exhausted, yeah. right? You don't know what you're saying. Yeah, and Bertold is like, is like, huh, yep, I'm going crazy. And then Fucking kill Ryan, them all! <laughs> and then Ryan is like, I'm not crazy. I can't believe I've spent five years devolving into this 
primitive life form, I feel emotional towards you people. And he's like getting angry and having like an emotional fucking he's breakdown. He's like, I can't let myself get any further. I can't let myself get to the point of no return. And then Baratold's like, are you fucking kidding me? We're doing this now? Now? Yeah. That was my favorite line. Was Baratold going, we're doing this now? Like, Baratold was not part, didn't know this was going to happen. And then, you know, they turn into the Colossal and Armored Titan, and it's like, holy shit, they've been under your nose the entire time. (sighs) Alright, son, what was your favorite episode? My favorite episode was episode 12, the final episode. Everything's at the fucking boiling point. (laughs) Fucking... My favorite moment is when Erevin loses a fucking arm, but mm. no, he doesn't give a fuck. Go fucking kill those titans! No, he's like, he gets scooped up by a titan and his arm gets bitten off and everyone's like, no, Commander Irvin! And they're and he's like, Erevin's what the fuck like, are you doing? Keep going! Do your fucking job! The fighting oh, is fucking Erevin. crazy. And then, hey, plot twist, Aaron can control fucking titans? Aaron what? can control... The Titans. What? That was a good scene. Where he's just like... Mm-hmm. Where it's like, he's, just, like, trying oh, to, oh, he's also, just trying I to think... protect Mikasa-san. He's like, get the fuck away from me. And that, he punches that. the Titan. And then they and all just... swarm it and fucking eat it. Oh, there's also one other part that I fucking loved. Armin shit-talking Berthold. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Fucking destroyed him talking about how... Annie is basically just a test subject, and Armin basically just is like, okay, I know how to piss him off. Let's fucking do this. Well, because Bertolt is in love with Annie. So Armin knew that, and Armin's like, I'm going to fucking make him mad. And goddamn, he did a good job. Like this savagery, man. Goddamn. Mm. 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 Good shit. Um... Let's talk about Matt's favorite episode real quick, because Matt agreed with Spencer that his favorite episode was episode six, Soldier. He says, the greatest modern anime twist, this episode also works as a damn great standalone episode, too. Really going into the idea of what a soldier really is. And yes, Reiner and Baratold's identity are truly as shocking as you've heard, and yet make complete sense in hindsight. I can't I can't disagree with him there. Yeah. I'll be honest. I had not I seen I had not seen season two up until this point. Oh, I haven't either. I had no clue. About I had not. I had the Reiner thing spoiled for me a while ago. But looking back in hindsight, it's pretty obvious when you actually think about it. Bear told yeah. though. What? <laughs> the fuck? Like it was just. Oh yeah, see, and that's what I was. That's what I was. You know, I'm seeing to talk about is that yeah, they're told fucking came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Like okay, Reiner being the armor titan, you can kind of put two to two to get. You can kind of put two and two together there. It's kind of like Annie being the female titans. Like yeah, it's pretty it's, obvious if you're paying attention. Yeah, but Bertold is the colossal the titan, clo- the fifty meter tall titan. Uh-huh. What? <laughs> He's also the most evil of them all. Because unlike 
everybody else who was a Titan who, you know, might, who after losing control was eating people to gain Titan powers, he just ate people because he wanted to. Yeah. Even Rhino wasn't that evil. Mm-hmm. But yes. um, my favorite episode is not episode six, but it's the episode that directly precedes it, episode seven, Close, Close Combat. Combat. Which I picked it as my favorite episode because going off of the reveal from the last episode and how everything's going fucking crazy, the fight between Eren and Reiner in their oh Titan forms, God. Oh, fucking, oh, fucking outstanding. He almost rips his fucking head off with his legs. Like the thing I love about this the most is that when it comes down to it. This fight is basically just a giant wrestling match. It is. And as a fucking wrestling mark, I love that shit. It was... Mm. Like, the direction in that fight was just fucking spectacular. And I love how it kind of... It, it gives Eren a little more character development because he is directly influenced by Annie and the things that he learned in combat training from her... So not only is he willing to learn from others, but you can also see even though that she betrayed them and that she's a titan, he still has a lot of respect and admiration for her as a person. Because he's directly learning and copying her moves to take down yep. Reiner. And just, oh, it's just, the fight is so brutal because it's just like, it's just these normal ass wrestling moves that in the real world with normal people don't look this fucking intense. But when he's got Reiner in a fucking arm bar and he's like tearing his shoulder off, it's like, whoa, dude, <laughs> chill the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. Like when you see it fucking chipping his armor, it's like, oh, and when he's got him, in, when he's got him in the fucking headlock. And he's just like, I'm going to use this headlock to tear his fucking head off. I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right. The only reason why he lost is because Berthold threw his weight in. Yeah, and I'm going to say, it has a, the end of the episode is fantastic cliffhanger with Berthold just throwing himself off the wall, plummeting towards Aaron. It's mm -hmm. just, everything about this episode is spectacular. I fucking yep. love it. Yep. Let's move on to characters because. There's a lot of differences with the characters in the season, obviously. Will, but let's get into it. Um, let's, will, start with, will, uh, let's start with let's start with Josh. Thank you, because after this, I've, I've fucking got a fist. Yeah. Who was your favorite character okay. in season two? Just like season one, best girl, Crystal Lens. Mm -hmm. Which here because makes a lot more sense. She becomes even more kinder. She shows her worth. She's smart. She's sweet. She needs all the head pats. As always. And she's also fucking rad as shit. She is. Mm -hmm. Like when awesome. fucking like when the tower is coming down and Ymir is fighting the Titans and she's just standing on she, the edge she, like, she, Yeah, you get him, girl! Fuck him up! Her relationship with Ymir is finally looked on and it's actually really sweet. Her backstory is super sad and she deserves even more head pats for that. I just, She's just, just, just one thing I love about the season is just like how much more intricate they get with a lot of the side characters. Like characters you had no reason to care about in the first season get so much more depth and thematic weight behind them. I, I just love the direction here. Yeah, 
So, yeah, best girl, Krista. Okay, Spencer, who was your favorite character in season oh, two? Okay. There's a lot of good options here. There's a lot of good options. Um, hmm. Hmm. It's obviously not Bertolt anymore. It's not Bertolt Hoover. Um, this season, I'm giving it to Armin, Armin Arlet. Interesting, because Armin doesn't do nearly as much in this season as he, he did last season. But, um, okay, it's tied between Armin Arlet and Alvin Smith. Because holy shit. Evan was already a really interesting character, mm-hmm. but then season two, exactly, he's getting his arm bitten off by a titan, and he's like, fuck it, did I say you could run? He's just like, he just scooped up by a titan, he's getting dragged in its mouth by the arm, and everyone's like, we gotta save Commander Evan! He's like, no, fuck that, you keep going, because humanity depends on it. He's a soldier through and through, but no... Armin is uh, finally kind of on his own, in which he's working with a- another very, very good character that we haven't talked about, Zoe. Oh, yes, Zoe. Originally part of my best girl list, but after season two was replaced by Krista. Mm-hmm. Okay, so wait, did we all agree that Krista's best girl? I did not. I mean, no, she's I did not. She's one of them. Fuck. She's one of them, but she's not the best. My f- My best girl is Sasha. Especially after girl. episode two, where she fucking single handedly takes down a titan with a bow and arrow. Yeah. Okay, what about you? Petra. Okay. Cool. I think um, um, Matt agrees with me. His best girl is Sasha too. Sasha, yeah. Um, but no, uh, Armin hangs out with Zoe through most of this season, and is just actually acting as a strategist. Mm-hmm. And you really get to see how good his planning is, like that. But uh, although not doing a lot, the stuff he does do, do is very, very cool, very interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go into Matt's first before I get into mine. Uh, Matt's favorite character in Season 2, obvious choice here, is uh, Reiner. Reiner, yep. Which, very, very good choice, because Reiner, Reiner in this season is fantastic. Oh, uh, yeah. As Matt states... Really expanding in the season, he goes from a simple mentor character to one of the most complex, fascinating, and compelling characters in the show. His transformation from likable older brother to brutal soldier is nothing short of tragic, while also being a great new direction for the show in general. And I gotta agree there, even though Reiner isn't my favorite character in the season. His development and his shift in personality this season, really well executed. Yeah. Like, I mean, when it's revealed that he's one of the Titans that basically almost doomed humanity, like, that's fucking weighty. Mm-hmm. But my personal favorite character is one that Josh uh, touched up on earlier. My favorite character in this season is Ymir. Yeah, I can see that. Because I think out of all the characters in this season... She went from being someone who I literally didn't even know her name to being one of the most interesting, fleshed-out, dynamic characters in the entire show. Like, she went from being a bitchy side character to, oh my god, I'm so sorry for you. Like, she was fucking experimented on, and she was forcibly turned into a titan, and then she had to sit there 
for, I think it was, like, 60 years in the fucking dirt. Mm-hmm. Like, everything about her is just tragic, which completely explains her bitchy attitude in season one. She's been through a hell of a lot, and the only thing that's keeping her going is Krista. Yeah. Like, that dynamic between her and Krista, once it's fully explained, really adds a lot to her character. And mm-hmm. out, out of everyone this season, I personally thought that Ymir was one of, if not the most fleshed out characters. Just every, everything with her is just super interesting, and it really adds a lot to her as a person. So, yeah, easily my favorite has to be Ymir. But, of course, with favorites comes least favorites. So, let's start with Spencer. Who was your least favorite character in season two? My least favorite character is Beth Okay. Um, Under completely understandable. It kills me to say that too, because I, I okay. He is not a bad character, but he is an evil character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually don't know who does the voice of Beartol, but whoever does the voice of Beartol... Uh, in the all. dub, it's uh, David Matranga. Same David same, Matranga? Vo- same VA as uh, Todoroki. Oh, okay. Well, mm-hmm. dude, you put your heart and soul into that character, and I commend you yep. extremely for your work. It It's ridiculous. Um, however, as good a voice actor as you are, uh, your character still gets some very, very, very disgusting stuff. He's a bad boy. He's a bad boy. He's a very bad boy. Very bad boy. And uh, go to your room, Bertolt. Go to your room, Bertolt Hoover. Not you, Rhyna. You're, you're. I feel sorry for you. Um, but yeah, no, just some of the shit he's done. You know, with the attempted killing of characters and the kidnapping of Aaron and all that. I was like, hmm. Also, all the characters he inadvertently killed, which is a lot of them. A hell of a lot. Including, but not limited to, you know, Aaron's mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Fairtoss, but you're my least favorite character from season two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm Josh? Going, I'm going to agree with Spencer. Okay, okay. He's... He, Rhina, you know what? Rhina, I can understand because he's got a split personality. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Berthold knows full well what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Berthold knows the complete implications of what he has done. Yep. And he accepts it. He's just... He's a bad boy. He's a very bad boy. He's gotta go to his room. He's gotta go to his room. He's grounded. He's grounded! Yeah, but then he'll just go Titan and, like, destroy the entire house. God. But, um... My least favorite character is an interesting one, because even though we don't see a whole lot of him this season, his actions really speak volumes about who he is as a person. Fucking Nick the pastor of the the Church of the Wall. This fucking cuntbag... 
It's like, humanity's existence is at risk here. We could go extinct, and you have classified information that could help us potentially stop the Titans. You need to disclose it with us. And he's like, I'm sorry, my faith does not allow this. I'm like, fuck you, buddy. Like, go yeah, fuck, fuck yourself. That. Seriously. Like, you can take your faith and shove it up your asshole. I hope he dies. Like, I'm not, I'm not too into those kind of preachy religious people to begin with in real life so when a character like that is depicted in fiction like this especially when they're as tight-lipped as this douchebag even when the fate of the human race is on the line and he still says nothing i'm like yeah you can go die in a hole i don't even care if you survive just feed him to the fucking titans that's why I feel like in the very first episode, Zoe has one of the best moments in this entire season when she's dangling him off the wall, ready to drop him at any moment. I'm like, yeah, yeah. he fucking deserves it. Fucking die, you little bitch. Also, I hope he. Do- I don't know if in the manga he dies, but I hope he does. Um, I don't know. He's not there yet. I hope he does because I fucking hate this guy. Um. But now let's get into some uh, other positives uh, of the season. Anyone else ha- have anything positive they want to bring up we haven't mentioned yet? Everything. Uh, oh, I want to bring up a character that I don't think has been brought up yet. Go that on. character is Nikasa. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. I fucked up. I forgot to talk about Matt's least favorite character. Oh, yeah. Who's Matt's least favorite character? Matt's least favorite character is the Titan that ate Aaron's mom. (laughs) (laughs) The Titan that ate Aaron's mom for being the stupidest part of the whole show. The biggest coincidence in the history of coincidences. Which, yeah. Like, oh, look. We're out here beyond the walls. Aaron can't go Titan, and it just so happens that by pure coincidence, the Titan that just so happened to eat his mother is just strolling towards them. Like, and it, you know what? It kills Hannes too, which I like Hannes. You... Yeah, dude, Hannes didn't deserve. Hannes uh, didn't deserve to die like that. There you go. Okay, Hannes is like a great father figure for them, more so than and his then... actual father. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, what the fuck is her name? Nisha? I don't Nisha fucking Yager? know. No. Nisha Yager, what's just her? like my father, he's never around. <laughs> oh. I'm just kidding. I love my dad. Just like my father. Oh, the way my father's right here. Yeah, my father. Yeah, I'm right here, son. I'm always here for you. Thanks, Dad. But anyway, now let's get into the, the, the more general discussion. Spencer, you were yeah. bringing up some more positives. I was bringing up something, all right, and that something is because of... Um, for as much as I have slight problem with Mikasa, in which she's almost Yandere-like in her behavior, she, like, super Mamoru's Eren to the point where it gets a bit creepy. It's like, I gotta protect Eren forever! Well, I mean, it, it makes sense in terms of her character. Sense, yeah. It makes but perfect it sense, but yeah. It still doesn't make it any less creepy. Yeah, yeah, I agree it, with you there. It, like, it, she treads that line. It's so smash. <laughs> I, I mean, agree. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, as the last Japanese woman of her kind, 
totally. I mean, hey, this is coming from a guy who likes Yuno in Future Diary and would bang the fuck out of her. So, True. you know, my Very standards true. are yeah. pretty low. <laughs> Spencer, have you even watched Future Diary yet? Not yet. Um, no, Yuno's crazy, but... Yuno's like, crazy, but I'm totally into it. But, yeah, no, uh, because is dope, and I, 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 I love her, she but she doesn't get head pats. She gets, like, smiles from across the room because you're scared she's gonna just kill you. Nah, I'd she fucking gets, give her a big yeah. ol' hug and be like, it's gonna be okay. BBG's gonna be okay, big girl. But, you know... Just, just don't just, kill me. Be, <laughs> Just put your swords away. Put them away, please. In this season, is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other positives anyone wants to bring up? I think it's just the same as season one. Yeah, I, I got a few. Mostly from Matt's notes. Um, great soundtrack, as always. Um, Matt argues that this OP is the best. Uh, he also said specifically, don't at him. Um, mm. because he doesn't want to deal with that shit. Um, action scenes, as always, are spectacular. Same level of animation as the first season. Still looks fucking phenomenal. Um, the the bigger emphasis on horror elements in the season, I feel, is a really nice change of direction. Because it it this season really captures like the horror behind the Titans, not just as this entity that humanity has to overcome, but just how fucking creepy as monsters they really are. Yeah. Um, like, can we talk about that one that has, like, the big-ass fucking eyes that looks like Phineas? Yes. That one was fucking ugly. <laughs> was that the one... That, that was the one that fucking killed Nike, wasn't it? That was yeah, the that was that the one, one with fucking the fucking ugly. yeah. That was the one with the giant fucking head. Oh shit! That was like that a tr- one was ugly as fuck. We didn't talk about the best character, the Beast Titan. Yeah, I was I was just about to mention it. What the fuck is up with the Beast Titan? <laughs> I don't know. He's super chill. Like he's a massive giant monkey titan. But he's like one of the most intelligent characters in the show. I don't know, man. Like, okay, I knew I didn't know about the Beast Titan going in. I knew that the Beast Titan was a thing, but I didn't know its deal. But in that first episode, when fucking who who is that guy again? Mika. Mika. Okay, when he's getting like eaten by a Titan, and then just out of the like, just in your peripheral hearing, you hear someone say. That's enough. Stop that. And you're like, wait, who said that? And then yeah. the fucking Beast Titan slaps his head off, and he's like, I said that's enough. I'm like, what? What? If they can talk? What? I was like, what? I quote cows from Comic Girls. Like, just the fact that not only is there a Titan this terrifying out in the world, but the fact that it has intelligence and that it can speak, like... <laughs> and then at the very at the very end of the season, the big cliffhanger of the season, where you just see the Beast Titan sitting atop uh, Wall Maria with that dude with the blonde mm-hmm. hair and the glasses. Like, who the fuck is that? And how does he relate to the Beast Titan? Find out next season, I guess. Oh shit! I know exactly who that is. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna say anything. Yeah, just no. I know. 
just step back, Josh. Yeah. Relax. Just this season in general, I feel, had a really great change of direction. Like, usually Mm. when you go from one season to the next and you lose the director along the way, it's like, oh, God, this could spell doom for us all. But I feel like Attack on Titan did the transition between directors really superbly. Uh, I think... It, I think it was the best arc they could possibly have asked for for the the director change because the Clash of the Titans arc is weirdly enough a lot more darker and sinister than anything we had seen in season one up till that point. It just has yep. this really different aura to it that I feel the change in directorial style really benefited from. Um, but other than that, I think we've covered a lot of the positives great animation as always phenomenal soundtrack great development in the side characters the fucking swerve city aspect of this entire season mm. um let's go into some nitpicks and criticisms does anyone have any issues with the season they want to bring up no again josh has no issues not not inherently i'm good spencer i feel like you have something you want to say I mean, everything that, that I want to say can be summed up in the phrase, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> but even then, it's not that big of a deal, so I don't really feel like talking yeah. about it. But it's just, yeah, my, main, my main issue with the season is just that by the end of it, I feel like there are more questions than answers. Like, yeah. there are a lot of unanswered questions by the end of the season. Like... Why are there titans in the walls? Why are the walls made of titans, apparently? What's the deal with the church, and how do they relate to the origin of the titans? How does uh, Krista, a.k.a. Historia's family, tie into all this? What's the deal with the beast titan? Why does it have intelligence? Who's the guy with the beast titan at the end of the season? Why are there so many goddamn titan shifters, and how can they transform? Like well, season three will answer it all. From what Matt told me, all will be answered in Season 3, which, great, and I'm glad that we're getting Season 3 so soon compared to Season 2, but at the same time, if you have plot points like this that are left open, and the answer is wait for the next season, that is a negative, unfortunately. Because they start these these things, and they, they... bring up these points that are left unresolved in the end, which kind of leaves the whole, the story as a whole for this arc a little, I don't want to say rushed, but it, it it leaves it much like the ending of the first season. It leaves a lot to be desired. Like yeah. the story feels like it's really open ended here, which I get it. It's still ongoing. Season three is coming in just a few weeks. I can wait for the shit. But I do view that as not a huge criticism, but it is a criticism nonetheless. Uh, some other small stuff that Matt and I wanted to bring up. The CG for the Colossal Titan is great. fucking awful. Yeah. Like, it's really jarring. Like, and like, like Matt says in his notes, well, not bad by any means. It's a bit jarring, but you get used to it. Thank God it was only for that one episode. Like, I felt like if it stuck around any longer, it would have been like, 
okay, get the shit out of here, because this is just bad. Um, and again, it leaves a lot of unanswered questions, which hopefully will be solved next season. And from what Matt has told me, they will be. So it's just a matter of time before we get some answers. But at the same I, time, I, yes? I said, I'm actually really excited for you guys to watch season three. I am very excited to watch season three now that I'm finally caught up. It's 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 a lot more of a political thriller, so I'm okay with that. Boy. I'm okay this with that because as, like this is known as the <laughs> uprising arc. Yeah, I, I, I'm okay with the change in direction to more political rather than action based because Attack on Titan is one of those series where the political aspects were already rooted in the world building to begin with. So mm-hmm. I'm okay with the change of direction. If it was a show that had like zero to none, if it had little to no political implications at all and then all of a sudden hey here's a political arc then i'd be like what the fuck is this but yeah. because you know the, pol- the the politics and attack on titan have always been there to begin with so i'm okay with that change of direction as long as they can keep yeah. things interesting keep me guessing it'll be oh dude. spectacular the uprising arc is amazing yeah but um i think we're ready to give final scores boys 10 out of 10 Okay, Josh, uh, why? Because it was perfect in every aspect. Okay, uh, again, very simple. Josh is a very simple man with simple plans. I like to keep things simple for most things, and it was just per 10 out of 10. Okay, well, Spencer, what was your final score? Yeah. I give this... A yeah out of 10. <laughs> I, I, I give this an 11 faith out of 10. Care, right. care Thanks for sandbagging that joke, by the way. Well, fucking, I'm sorry. Well, no, no. It, you care to explain your reasoning for your score? Yeah, sure. Um, so obviously it's ten out of ten because everything added on to season one in a good way. Nothing was taken away because of the new season and. Um, It just, it just worked. Just everything worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with uh, everyone. Much like the first season, this season gets an easy ten out of ten for me. Um, just because everything, it took everything from season one and somehow, in half the length, added so much more to it that not only. It, it it not only added more depth to the characters, more lore to the world, tons of twists and turns left and right, mm-hmm. but it, it, it just somehow made everything that much better, which, coming off the end of season one, I was like, there's no way. Like, like this is the pinnacle, right? It can't get much better yeah. than this. Yeah. Oh, my it's asshole was up. not ready. Just like we... When mm-hmm. we started to talk about season two, it was just a whole bunch of unintelligible screaming. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. The change in directorial style, I feel, for this season specifically, was a r- huge benefit for the story. Um, it took a lot of side characters that I really didn't have much to say about and really made them some of, if not the most interesting characters in the entire series. Animation, as always, was spectacular. On par with season one. Even though there weren't as many, like, really fluid, crazy ODM scenes in this season, 
still, animation as a whole, really spectacular stuff. Um, the plot twists that they introduced didn't feel forced. Everything felt like it was a natural progression to the narrative and everything made sense. Even though it leaves a lot to be desired at the end and there are a lot of questions that need answering, I am more than happy to wait for the next season to get my answers because everything that was introduced in this season was done just as good, if not better, than the first season. So... Easy score for me. Season 2 of Attack on Titan gets an easy 10 out of 10 just for taking everything that Season 1 did and somehow making it better. Um, and Matt, of course, agrees with all of us. His final statements on Season 2. Even better than the first season, Season 2 is a horrific, almost borderline nihilistic show that portrays the horrors of war better than any other anime outside of actual war stories. Its compelling characters remain just as compelling, the action is as great as ever, and the story as unpredictable. A true classic. 10 out of 10 from Matt. Cool. So yeah, I think we all agree that this show, in general, is as close to perfection as it can possibly get. And it only ha- it surprisingly only has nowhere to go but up from here. Like, it could get yeah. better, which yeah. we- we've already basically agreed it's almost as perfect as it can possibly be. So the fact that mm-hmm. it can still get better, like, what? <laughs> Huh? The this yeah. show is is really something special, and I don't know what it has, I don't know what it is about the gap in recent weeks where we've just been getting really classic shows that really stand out against everything else. But yeah, yeah, the, this show is a modern classic. It's really a sight to behold, and if you haven't seen Attack on Titan yet. We implore you to do so. Again, there will be links in the description where you can watch both the sub and dub on Crunchyroll or Funimation, respectively. Give it a watch. We highly recommend it. One of the best modern anime in recent memory. With that said, I think we're just about ready to wrap things up here, boys. So before we leave today, we got to do the random anime generator. So if you are familiar with our format... Uh, how we pick our featured anime is alternating between us handpicking a show and then us getting a show from the random anime generator. Last week, I picked Attack on Titan, so we're back to the randomizer this week. Again, we put in anywhere up to three genres, and it will generate an anime for us to watch. Whatever we get is what we will be covering next time on The Gap. So, Spencer. Yes. We have a request from you um if you could ever so kindly not give a type it's because we're going for a certain anime and this certain anime only has two genre types yeah um josh and i talked about this a little yesterday we have a show in mind that we want to get um, okay. so we politely request that you do not submit a choice for a genre this time. Again, you can, if you want, it's completely up to you, but we politely request that you hold well, your choice okay. this time. I have, I have one stipulation. Okay. Very quickly. One of you side chat me the show you're trying to get. I will do that right. Josh, now. do it right now. Okay. Don't worry. It's nothing horrible. Like, 
Don't don't worry about it. We're not trying to. I already sent it. I already sent it. Yeah, we're not trying okay. to fuck things up here. I will kindly not add a genre this time. Okay. We thank, thank you very much. Next time you will obviously get your choice for the generator next yeah. time. But yeah. Josh and I were talking about this. We have a specific show in mind that we want to get, which we are Good all luck. now aware of. Um, because. It is a it, you can very easily fuck this up. So we could. This is a huge risk, and we could very to, easily fuck this up. We but have one in three odds of getting it. We decided that we're going to take the risk again. Remember, if we get a show on the randomizer that's not legally available, we will not do it, and we get to pick again. So because of that, our our odds are increasing ever steadily. So, Shame. um. What right. genre do you want? All right, let's do this. Um, against my will, I don't want to pick this, but we have to. No, you can to. pick the other one. You can pick the okay. other one. I will, I will pick do. sports then. I'm going with sports just because it. we're getting into the, the midst of summer. We need a nice summer sports show to watch, I feel. So, I pick sports. And Josh, what are you picking? I will pick etchy. Etchy, of course. I'm gonna. I'm okay with it this time. Because it directly relates to the show that I want to get. So that's... We're not going to pick a third option. We're only going to go with those two. We're going to generate. There's a huge risk. We could easily fuck this up. But let's see what we get. It is currently generating. Oh, okay. Yeah, we can't pick that. Um, What was it? It was... I don't... Remember that show... Um, with the tiny girls in the basketball. Oh, UBO. Yeah, that one. Yeah, it's not legally available, so we can't pick that. Okay. So we're going to do the same again. Sports etchy. Oh, this is such a gamble, but it's it's generating. Yes. Fuck. Did we get it? Oh, we yeah, we got it. Yes. Shit. Fuck. Yes! I was okay. not expecting that. Shit. Oh, yeah. Well, God. tell tell the audience. What you got? All right. So, yes. thank God the anime gods were looking oh, down upon us today. Hey, I did it too, and I got the same one. Nice. Okay. The anime <laughs> gods were smiling down upon us today. So, we got <gasps> exactly what we wanted from the randomizer. Thank you, based randomizer. So, next time on The Gap, the featured anime that we will be covering is the 2016 sports etchy anime, Keijo. Yes! yes! Oh, I can't believe that fucking worked! Oh, we, me and Shane were fucking stressing over this. Oh, we were fucking, we, we were losing our minds it. over this, man. You guys owe me big time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do. I don't You know what? Um. Yeah, okay. Next time we do the randomizer, Spencer gets to pick all the options because we owe it to him. Okay. Um, but yeah, don't worry. Keijo's fucking phenomenal, so you're gonna love it regardless, I feel. Uh, she, Spencer's already watched Keijo, hasn't he? I watched Keijo. You watched Keijo? Yeah. Oh, I thought you'd I, never seen Keijo before. Alright. I was the first person to watch Keijo. Alright, well, uh, fuck. Um, I thought you'd never seen it. Yes. Wait, did I, you watch it as it was airing? As it was coming out. Alright, well, fuck, I'm sorry. I watched it at the same time, then. Well, Because I, I, too, watched it when it was airing. I did not. So, I watched it last summer after it had wrapped up. So I so, watched it when it was airing. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. <sighs> oh my lord. Okay. Well, 
that covers it. So next time on the gap, we'll be covering Keijo thanks to the base randomizer. Um, oh my god, that was huge risk, man. I'm so glad. I am so glad that it came through for us. With that said, well, though, now that uh, we've been blessed by the anime Jesus, um, I think we can wrap things up here. Yeah. So, with that said, we're going to wrap things up here. Thank you very much for watching another episode of The Gap. Like we said, next time we'll be covering Keijo. So tune in in two weeks for that shit. It's going to be a good one. Uh, I'm watching it today. I'm, I'm going to yeah. be watching so it soon, I. man. So my man. I'm watching it today. As soon as I finish the episodes of Jay, I'm fucking getting on that. Well... We're going to wrap things up here. Thanks for watching The Gap. I have been your co-host, temporary host for this episode, Shane, the bearded one. Matt will hopefully return next time to talk about Keijo in his usual host state. But we're going to wrap things up. Thanks for watching. I've been your temporary host, Shane, the bearded one. With me, I have Spencer and Josh. Say goodbye, boys. Thanks for watching. Thank you for watching. And we will see you next time for Keijo. Bye-bye. <sighs> Thank Christ. Fuck battles. Thank you for listening to The Gap. If you like what you've seen, you can subscribe to The Gap Podcast YouTube channel to get the latest podcasts as they go live. Be sure to like and comment and let us know what you guys think of the show. Thank you very much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Don't forget that